Right. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to yet another cracking installment of the Matt Brown Show. This is the Secrets of Fail series where we're talking about our failures uh, for the first time, it seems. <laughs> and with us in the hot seat uh, on this episode of Secrets of Fail uh, is none other than the man, the legend, Steve Grau, the CEO of Royal Ambulance. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. Steve, it's a real privilege um, having you here today. Well, I, I'm glad to be here because this whole subject of failure is near dear to my heart. Um, yeah, I'd love to share some insights and perspectives. So let's cool. so explore. So, uh, so Steve, why don't you give us the elevator pitch about Royal Ambulance and what you guys are up to? Yeah, so I'm the CEO, founder of Royal Ambulance. It's hard to believe that I started the company about 17 years ago. Actually, 2006 in February was... Uh, the first call that we ever ran. Uh, it's a medical transportation company. We provide ambulance services uh, to six Bay Area counties. Of course, we started really small with like 10 EMTs and two ambulances. And in the last 17 years have grown to about 600 uh, team members. And we cover six Bay Area counties, do I don't know, about 85,000 patient transports. So we try to be very impactful with our work around um, medical care and clinical stuff that we, we work with uh, probably about 15 Bay Area healthcare systems and help them uh, immensely with their patient flow and making sure that the patients uh, can get to a right place at the right time via right mode of transport. So that's one of my businesses. The other one is Onward, which kind of been uh, birthed from that, which is a medical transportation technology solution and a companion transport, but we can talk about that separately. Sounds good. So <clears throat> what is your story of, of fail for our audience today? I guess my, my biggest story of failure was my early inability uh, to assess risk. Um, you know, I think risk assessment for entrepreneurship is not something that comes naturally, right? Because, I mean, I think if we're sane about assessing risk, we wouldn't be doing this shit in the first place. And so I, I think, um, I don't know how far you want me to go, but just to give you a little bit of depth and background, you know, it sounds like much like you. I'm an immigrant from another country. I was born and raised in Soviet Union, uh, grew up during Soviet regime and you know, there you basically sort of have nothing to lose except for your freedom, uh, which you have very limited in the first place anyway. And then uh, when I was a teenager, we had this opportunity to escape as political re refugees. Uh, the basics of it is Jews were allowed to uh, leave with 80 bucks to our name and the shit that we could carry on our back. And that immigration process took yeah, about a year through different countries and different plights. And so, you know, when you arrive to this country um, with nothing to your name, all you have is risk, right? It's the whole process is risk. So I think I grew up in this with this mindset where you have nothing to lose and you just go for what you can. Um, and, you know, fast forward to... Uh, um, me starting an ambulance company after being an EMT for a few years, um, that mentality was very central to the way that um, we pursued business opportunities. And, you know, interestingly enough, when you're operating in a highly regulated space like medical, uh, in a highly, highly regulated space like transportation with uh, people and moving parts in California, 
the highest regulated place, well, there's a lot of pitfalls to be aware of. So that's uh, just the background on that story. I'll pause and see if you have any leading questions there. So, <clears throat> so what is your story of fail? Like when it comes to risk, how does... So how I'll does, tell you. Yeah. The, our biggest sort of failure came uh, 2000, uh, around 2011, where the sum of factors, right? There's external risks and internal risk. Like the external risks, like we look today, uh, what's happening with our banking system. And, and funny enough, we were uh, half of our credit facilities were with Signature Bank. Now, that's something I can't control, right? Signature comes under pressure, gets taken over by uh, external factors, and now you have no access to capital. Now that's an external risk you couldn't manage, but you could actually manage that by diversifying your funds, right? So now you can have uh, some protection. Now, if you don't know how to manage risk, then you, you're all in on signature. And if they go down, you go down, right? So that's an external factor that I think you evaluate for risk. Internal factors are things like, again, compliance issues, like things you're not uh, truly aware. When you start a business and you run it, you're, you're sort of learning on the fly. All the things that you can do at the same time, you know, your sales, your customers, your finances, all these things you need to learn along the way. So our biggest event was when the external risk, uh, which was uh, there was a, a challenge with reimbursement in medical. Uh, we all depend on insurance payments. And when Medicare being one of the biggest ones, if once that flow of cash gets interrupted, then you got to make sure you have a significant uh, savings or access to credit, all those things that make you whole and allow you to pay payroll. So that was one of those things. At the same time, we came under a significant pressure, legal pressure, um, because we there are certain things we did consider um, when dealing with employment law in California. So we had this sort of two-sided equation where their external risk and cash flow was interrupted and, you know, some of the internal risks that we should have managed better uh, have come uh, all in one monster event where the liabilities or risks were far greater than any kind of assets that we had on the books. And so you're sitting there thinking like, do we close our business? Do we declare bankruptcy? Do I, you know, do I dig myself a six foot grave and just bury myself out of stupidity for not knowing things that I didn't know? So you go through this whole blame game. And I think that was the biggest, you know, like technical event that kind of came together. Um, but quite frankly, you know, I'll tell you the biggest failure out of that was my inability to handle my own mind early on and and not deal with these situations effectively and i can riff on that a little bit more perfect thanks steve so let's talk about your secret lesson of fail so what did you learn from this experience well again i think what i learned from the experience you know first and foremost uh, is again learning how to identify the things that will kill you Right. Because there's certain mistakes you can make along the way. Yeah, there'll be challenging. Yeah, you'll take some battle scars and bruises, but things won't bury you. Um, things like in California, whether it's employment law or again, because we're in a highly 
regulated space, like many industries are, right? There's certain compliance things that you need to make sure that you take care of, because if you don't, they will kill you. So I think identifying and triaging the risks that you can accept and the risks that you can absolutely not accept. I, I think that was the biggest lesson. I think the second lesson is, as I alluded to, your ability to deal with adverse situations. Because when all of this blew up, I was completely, I don't want to say mentally, but kind of ment me mentally uh, unprepared to deal with these kind of pressures, which kind of took me down on this downward spiral. And for about a year, right, like people have a bad week or a bad, you know, month, again, a bad year. And a lot of it had to do with my mentality, with my mindset, with how I, I, with how I deal with issues. And so the biggest lesson out of all of this was how much I need to invest into my mindset, into my ability to deal with these kind of situations, because on your road um, to entrepreneurship, you're definitely going to encounter these things. And the sooner you invest in personal development, and the sooner you're prepared um, from the mindset perspective, the better you'll be able to deal with these issues. Amazing. So, if you could go back in time and do something differently before you had this experience, what would you do differently? Well, like, like I alluded, right? I, I would definitely invest in my personal development early on. Uh, understanding um, just how your mind works, that, you know, you're not your thoughts, that how important are emotions, how important is your personal energy as you're be as you encountering these different situations? I think all of that needs to be an early development program for any entrepreneur that's going to enter this, you know, cage match in a way, right? Because you have to consistently figure out who is your opponent today and how do you better prepare for that opponent. And like with any match, right, a lot of it comes down not to just physical, but the mental game. And so the mental game becomes your priority. I think Jim Rohn had one of the best uh, statements out there is that you got to work harder on yourself than you do at your job. And, and to me, that stands to be true. If there's any advice or lesson that I could give to any entrepreneur, it's that start working on your personal development and work harder on yourself than you do at your job. So Steve, let's double click on that. So when it comes to working on your personal development, are there books that you recommend or are there any tools that you use, any practices or rituals or habits that you that you do <sighs> so that uh, so that you know our our community of entrepreneurs can become better at what they do? Absolutely. Um and I'll start uh, by saying that the journey and and I hate to be cliché like that is very personal individual, right? Um, just on the subject of failure, one of my biggest challenges during that time was extreme negative self-talk. And so uh, it, me recognizing that pattern of extreme negative self-talk uh, has resulted in me trying to solve for that particular issue. Now, you know, I think this is a systemic problem in, in the way that we are prepared or we're being prepared for these kind of journeys, right? If you think about it from this perspective, you go to school and you study and you do your homework and then you go do your tests. 
And what happens if you make a mistake? Well, shit, you get a bad grade. You get a bad grade, what happens? It impacts your GPA. It impacts your GPA, what happens? Well, then you don't get to get, go to the college of your choice. So there's all this long-term effect after making some mistakes. As your show alludes, right? This is all about failure. We should be, you know, as Silicon Valley goes, you know, fail fast and fail often, and then you can really accelerate your learning. So I, I think there is this element of, you know, we need to learn on how to fail fast and fail often. And for that, it just takes mindset and your ability, whatever preventing you from doing that. And for me, it was negative self-talk because I would make mistakes. And then for weeks, I would self, it, it was just a self-abuse wheel, right? Like, oh, shit, idiot, blah, 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 blah. And I would go deep into the self-abuse, which would not make me want to go and do more mistakes, or it would really impact my energy, right? And so then I can't show up as my best self. So again, identifying what's preventing you from putting your best self out there is going to probably be step number one. And then, of course, you know, I mean, there's different approaches, you know, I think people like Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, uh, you know, the masters of the masters, right? Legends are legends for a reason. And they have systems and, and approaches that, you know, it's just figuring out what is right for you at that point of time. Steve Grau, thank you for being on the Secrets of Fail series. Um, a lot of insight there. I feel like I should be talking to you for a lot, lot longer, but that does conclude your time today on the hot seat. Steve, thank you for being here. Guys, check out uh, royalambulance.com uh, for more information on what Steve is up to. Steve, thanks for being here. Thanks. Thanks for having me.